Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Square Ball Podcast number 89. My name's Dan and I've got Michael with me. Hello. And Moscow White. Hello there. Still no sign of Oddie. No. Mm. Anybody starting to fear for his safety? We have moved locations. It was unfair of us. We didn't tell him. He's like a cat. He'll be, he'll be at the old place. Pissing on the carpet. <laughs> well, yeah, we did have that flap installed for him to come and go as he pleased. I don't, did we tell the, the new occupants about that? I'm a little bit intrigued. You said Podcast 89. What about all the ones that we recorded over the last few weeks? Why have we gone back to 89? I thought we were up to about 95 at this point. It must be a, a, a typo. Yeah, sorry, we've been away. We should probably tell you why as well, because, uh, well, we lost the studio, didn't we? That was the thing, because I... First I, we lost Oddie, <laughs> then we lost the studio. Rather selfishly, I changed jobs, and um, the new place doesn't have facilities that I'm allowed to use yet. So um, here we are. Where are we? We're in your place of work now, aren't we, Moscow? Uh, yeah. In a, a fancy media office in Leeds. It does sound a little bit like we might be recording in an abandoned railway tunnel. Either um, that or an empty swimming pool. But we fi- yeah, we finally took the plunge and bought our own equipment. So you are listening to us DIY style now. The Square Ball podcast has basically gone renegade. I was going to say we've gone unprofessional, but that's been the case for quite some time. Yeah, we do expect sound quality to improve slightly. It's the first time we've tried this and it is a little bit echoey. We do expect the banter quality to stay quite low, however. I hate, I hate banter. Hey, listen, um, magazine, it was issue five last time we spoke to (laughs) to the good listener. Do we Um, need to do a roundup? No. Six, seven. Six, seven, and now we're on to eight out of the ten for the season. There's some lovely drawings in it. It's well worth picking up next time you're at Ellen Road. Tell me about it very briefly. Uh, the best thing in it is, apart from the cover and the lovely drawings, is Jimmy Hasselbank's Backside by Joel Gamble. Um, also a really good article by Keith Brindle that we can maybe talk about more at the end. Keep people listening all the way through. You see, we have picked up some tips from the pros while we've been away. If you want to get hold of that one, then issue eight is available at thesquareball.net. You can also pick up a digital sub for a tenner and it runs for 12 months. That bargain value. We're guaranteed to do more than like one in a year. The magazine is kept up to date even if the podcast isn't. Hmm. 
whitewatching. Okay, then um, we've probably got dozens of games to get through since we last spoke, mid-December. However, I think it's probably more prudent and sensible just to sort of look at how things have gone generally. A lot has changed. Moscow, you predicted a doom and gloom 22nd position finish for us this season, and it's looking like we've escaped that just. To be fair, when I predicted that Dave Hockaday was manager, and if you think about how long it is since we last did a podcast, think about how long it has been since Dave Hockaday was our manager. Even Darko Milanic feels like a different season. Maybe there is something to Tolino's watermelon theory where you just buy a new watermelon every couple of weeks because it's like a fresh start. And those bad watermelons seem like an ancient memory. Does does this feel like the team now that would have finished 22nd in the league? No. I will not uh, listen to anybody. Well, I will listen to you, but I'll tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> Who tells me that that team was not going to finish 22nd in the league? part of making a prediction is predicting that Dave Hockaday would get sacked, which he obviously was going to. Yes. Um, None of us thought for a second he'd last until... What was the latest any of us predicted? Did someone... Did someone predict Valentine's Day? That might was on me. I don't know. I think you were you were pretty optimistic. Oh, did about I, I, predict, I, know, I predicted Day. the Cardiff game, didn't I? That was it because it was on telly. Yes, something like that. It was Milanic that I called almost to the day. Yes, that I won't let anybody forget it. We may have been away for months, but I've not forgotten the one so you, time you're quite I was happy, right. You're quite happy to crow about that, but not the fact you've predicted a twenty-second place finish. I'm delighted to be wrong about a twenty-second place finish because now it means that we're going to finish higher than twenty-second, and I would have taken that. Still. Uh, Administration looming. I'm making that up, by the way. I'm just scaremongering. But <laughs> Don't if we had just ten, throw if we had that ten out points there. taken off, uh, that would. Are you hoping for for that for a ten point deduction? No. So you, you, would you rather be right than see us in the championship? Obviously not. No. And admittedly, I did have ten pounds on relegation, but I am happy to see that ten pounds go. It's like a, a Chilino called it qualifying for the 2016 championship. It's a qualification tax that I think I I was happy to pay. Okay, then let's talk about the stuff then that has changed since we were here last and it's quite a lot I mean on the pitch stuff obviously we'll get on to Chilino and the ban and all that in a bit probably best then to start in football in terms with the end of the diamond one thing that's really changed the season round is getting rid of that we're no longer getting over running midfield it's been a real treat to watch I think we were all so desperate for it to for it to go and everybody could see it wasn't working well it seemed very much Chilino's thing didn't it that we went through three managers and then the formation stayed the same and then he departed, the formation changed, and we actually started picking up results. Chilino was away for the Sunderland Cup game, wasn't he? It was like that was the the, the day when it all changed because it, things got very, very bad, even under um, the glory of Redders. At first, it was like a, a plunging continuation of the Milanic era with um, slightly different players. Um, but it was the Sunderland FA Cup game when there was no pressure, no expectation to win. Dario Del Fabro appeared and played a game. Sloth played. Montenegro played. Montenegro played and there was no diamond and everything changed. And you presumed it's, oh, well, he's obviously negotiated that he can do what he likes in the cup. Or Cellino didn't know that there was a game on that weekend. Didn't recognise, didn't realise that the FA Cup, he thought it literally meant fuck all cup. So it was like, hey, they're not playing this weekend. I go to, I go to Miami. I say sorry to my wife. And that weekend, suddenly, we weren't playing a diamond. We didn't do badly in the second half against Sunderland. What was the next league game? Bolton away, wasn't it? Bolton away, a 1-1 draw. And yes, because we, we it launched into, it was the Byramic penalty <laughs> after like two minutes when now Byram's a right winger, told to play like Gareth Bale. So he's going charging into the box, wins a penalty. 
and uh, and everything's different. Talking about Cellino then, the, the abandonment of his signings, most of them have been sidelined. Is that fair? Have they been that bad? Or do you think maybe Redders has been trying to make a point? I think probably he's seen them in training and decided that actually these guys that have all arrived are no better than what we already had. And the people that we already had seem to have a, be a bit happier about being here. Part of it's the resurrection of Luke Murphy. It, it, Bianchi is the one that kind of really had to leave. He was the one who played every single game in the diamond. No matter what happened around him, Bianchi played. And then we got rid of him and the team improved. And then he came back against Reading, played 15 minutes, um, was being roundly booed and then got injured and was roundly cheered. That is the last significant achievement of his in a Leeds United shirt was a serious knee injury. And um, it's a sign of how we'd gone from... When he signed, he was Perlo. He was a Serie B Perlo that was going to transform our midfield. And then after a few months, he was being... Uh, Yes, um, a knee injury was a blessing for our football team. Luke Murphy 2.0, he's good. I like him. million pounds worth of good. I think uh, he likes Steve Thompson as well. It's all basically they made out after a, a development game. And uh, and now he's really good at football again. He said an arm round the shoulder or something. Okay. I, I assume one thing led to another. They walked back to the changing rooms together. Bit of a... All right, moving on. So it's, it's something that's been rooted in midfield then, and you look as well to Alex Moa and, of course, Lewis Cook. Were it not thoroughly inappropriate, I think I would like to marry him and have his babies. Steve Thompson probably feels the same. Speaking of this whole three seasons in one thing that we've had, under Hockaday, Moa couldn't even get on the bench, could he? He was going to sell him. And he was tweeting saying, I'm not injured, I'm just not being picked. And then all of a sudden he's our, is he our top scorer now? He's joint top scorer, I think, yeah. Ridiculous. That's mental. <laughs> but you have to remember the riches that Dave Hockaday had at his disposal. You can't just throw Alex Mower into the team in, like, a League Cup match at Bradford. Yeah, when, when you have Norris. You have the likes of David Norris on the bench itching to get on. He earned his chance. Alex Mower, he's played, like, what, one season of football. David Norris has been a professional for at least 35 years. <laughs> he's put put the, the, the hours in to earn the right to start against Bradford. and uh, He Alex... looks at you with those eyes and has to play. <laughs> exactly. Would you say no? Um, but then if uh, Mowit looks at you with that slightly League of Gentlemen-ish face of his, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd say, well, it's one thing to have a team of local players, but you know, let's not take it too far. And you, uh, yeah, you'd keep him as far away from the humans in your squad as possible. But now he's come back. He's really good at free kicks. Last season, I thought about Alex Moe. He was obviously good for something, but I wasn't entirely sure what. He was such a generic midfielder. It was just all it was. Everybody else was like attacking midfielder or a right winger or a defensive midfielder. He was just midfielder. And this year, he's just still midfielder, but he's midfielder that scores lots of goals and he's really good at free kicks. He's, and his hair looks better. He's doing a lot of chasing down this year as well. He seems to be, I think... Possibly playing a bit further wide this year. He's actually chasing fullbacks down and making a pest of himself, which well, I, didn't, I didn't think was particularly his game, having seen him last year. The last two games, he's been playing behind the front man. He's been a, he's been a messy, where we thought we... I mean, we all assumed that was going to be A.D. White's position long-term, but Moet's come in and made it his own. The Doncaster messy? Yeah. You say he'd be a messy, but Rudy Austin has been playing there. Yes. Just, I'm just, he's been very good. Do you know what? He, he, he has bit, been good, but I'm just saying that... He's not what I would consider a particular, particularly in the messy mould. 
That's true. And nod to Rudy Austin as well, who's really turned it around as well. I mean, he, he's good at what he does, which is a lot of running around. And often when we had our, our best run of form, I think he was sort of running ahead of Steve Morrison, wasn't he? Further forward, chasing people down. To be fair, I could run ahead of Steve Morrison well, in a, yeah. you know, um, a straight foot chase. <laughs> Unless it was a Burger King at the end of it. Or maybe a contract at Millwall. No, He'd beat me then. Be nice. Um, but yeah, so Rudy Austin was getting further forward than Morrison. And that seemed to work when we were playing sort of five in midfield. I like that. That was good. But fair play to Austin for confounding critics. And he's, he's had one or two. But then again, most of them have. Like you say, Moet came across as that generic one-paced midfielder. And now suddenly, Redders and Thomas mm-hmm. have uh, turned him into a real player. I but- saw Redders and Thomas on the night before the Forest game. Because um, they'll stay at the... Marriott and they were they were walking it was Friday night about half past eight they were leaving the hotel walking down towards Lower Brigate um, past the viaduct towards Fibre Queen's Court don't see Terry George uh, basically onto Terry George land but they were wearing uh, the full Macron Leeds United tracksuits that they wear in the dugout that I thought was quite nice it's obviously like their pre-match tactics walk is they just go and walk up and down Lower Brigate essentially in shell suits so they're not going to get in anywhere. So, you know, they're not, you know, they're not out for a night of boozing, but it's always like a, an alternative fancy dress. And if anybody does want to join them on that, just go and Friday night before a, a home game, just go and get your Macron tracksuit on, walk around, and it would probably really quite um, seriously freak them out if there were suddenly hundreds of Leeds fans. Like a flash mob. Yeah, pacing yeah. up and down in twos or wearing those, those natty blue tracksuits. Dave and Junior could come back and they could just walk past... Milanic and whoever his assistant coach was, if Cellino keeps up the hiring and firing at the rate he has, and in the season they could actually all be employees and former employees he's pacing not, up and down Lower Brigate. He's not going to do, is he? Other things that have changed on the pitch. Um, the arrival of Saul Bamba transformed the defence. Who saw that coming? Everyone. <laughs> not that he'd be good. All the Leicester fans described him as a bomb scare. A lot said then, he was good as well, though. Well, they said he's, he's good, but he has his moments. It, overconfident yeah. was, was the sort of uh, the charge leveled at him, wasn't it? Start carrying it out and doing freaky stuff with it. But, Which uh, he has tried. There was one particular clip from the Reading game where he's, he's basically pirouetting with the ball <laughs> on the corner of the centre circle and, and beating about four players. And it's something you can't watch without putting your head in your hands. But you can have a player like that when you've got someone solid and reliable um, <laughs> next to them. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wrote, I said the Middlesbrough game is obviously the high point of our defending ever. And it was, be- and Bamba was the one who stood out. And I was watching him and noticed how many mistakes Belushki made, made and makes that Bamba cleared up. And it was almost like his game isn't watching the attackers. He lets Belushki attack the ball and watches to see what mistake Pepe's going to make. And then he tidies that up. <laughs> I noticed it the, um, against Forrest as well. There's a great clip, and it's on the LUTV highlights, so I could see it again. Of the, I think it's Taylor passes the ball back, a really easy ball along the floor to Belushki, and he just lets it roll underneath his foot. But exactly in the diagonal line of the ball behind him is Bamba, as if he knew that there was absolutely no way that Pepe would just control this really simple pass. He was like, no, I'll clear this up. Don't you worry about it. Belushki just like stands there. Yeah, good job. You do well. But credit to them, they are the partnership that looks strongest at centre-half at the minute. Which is weird. Mm. It shouldn't work. The odd couple, if you like. Well, it works against teams like Middlesbrough who launch long balls at them. Um, I think as we saw against... Brighton and Watford that if you play the ball along the deck to somebody running past them 
then it's like I described, I compared it to rolling a marble at a kitten and it, <laughs> it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know what angle to take to attack it from. Um, that is the way to, ooh, I hope no scouts are listening. I feel like Sean Derry giving the team to Crystal Palace. If you play through balls past them, then we're, we're screwed, basically. Apart from the fact that we've got Marco Silvestri behind him, who the only good thing he is good at, really, is uh, shot-stopping on one-on-ones. I mean, so it's perfect. We're saying that Middlesbrough game was the peak of our defending, but they did still manage about 18 shots on target or something, which isn't an ideal situation. You, you probably want to close out a few more than that. Now let's take what we can get. <laughs> Remember where we've come from. Remember where we're trying to get to. Couple more things to touch on then. The return of Steve Morrison, the, the thinking man's Luciano Becchio. Shut uh, your dirty mouth. What are your thoughts on Morrison series or otherwise? <laughs> Just, I mean, you, we're recording this. If we'd have been recording this after one of his um, performances down the middle, we may have been saying things like, well, he is kind of doing a job. Hmm. He's, um, you know, winning some headers. He's, he's bringing other shirt. people into play. But against Forrest, he was playing wide on the right and it was. Pointless. Eye gougingly bad to watch. Yeah, he just, that shot. He hasn't. Oh yeah. The reaction of people in the cop was nice when that. I mean, you couldn't from the cop. You couldn't quite tell how far wide it had gone. It wasn't quite out for a throw-in, was it? But yes, it, not, it was. Oh, was it? Yeah, we got. They got a throw-in. <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of people sort of looking around at each other, going. Ah. Yeah, nobody. Was, lots of people said it hit the corner flag, but it wasn't actually that good. Oh, it okay. was. It was a throw-in. But yeah, on the right wing, he's probably the worst right winger I've ever seen. <laughs> it reminded me a bit of the occasions like well Wilkinson went a bit mad and he'd occasionally stick Lucas on the right wing mm. or Mark Jackson would get five minutes there or something Ian Rush yes Ian it was, Rush a, it was right very wing. similar to that actually. Brian Dean was good on the wing Steve Morrison well, Brian was Dean not. was at least fairly quick yeah mm, Morrison no. that shot I mean Morrison is playing out of position at the moment and he's obviously low on confidence and nobody wants to have a go at him but he's got to take some responsibility and that when he does have an opportunity to shoot from just outside the penalty area, I don't care what position he's playing, he should not be putting it out for a throw-in. It should be at least the goal line as a minimum. And it's still, and you know that nobody else can help him. And then he did that um, interview in the Evening Post where he says, "Oh, people say I haven't scored for two years, but I can't score if I'm not in the team." Well, why do you think <laughs> you're not in the team, loser? And also, how many appearances has he made this year now without Lots. scoring? About twenty, maybe Too not many. quite that many. It's enough, know, it's enough for a striker to have scored a goal. He's not scored a Leeds goal since my children were born, and that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> what have they done in that time? What have they achieved? Um, They've gone off to university. <laughs> they, they can walk now, yeah. um, saying some words. What words? Steve Morrison, fuck off. <laughs> stuff like that, yeah. Just the stuff I've taught them, really. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, that feels like such a long time ago. Were, he, were his last goals for us in that Crystal Palace game? Yeah. Good God. <laughs> that really does feel... What, who was in charge then? Was, was it, it Warnock? Warnock? Of course, yeah. Fucking hell. First name on the team sheet under Warnock. <laughs> the future legend. Hey, uh, it's just not going to happen. And the problem is he's still going to be here for another year, isn't he? Mm, so, yeah. And it's just pointless. Did, did you see the photo of him after the Forest game in Burger King with, yes. his, with his son? I mean, it's fair enough. Go and take your kids for burgers. That's absolutely fine. But he just looked so pointless. Even like he, he wasn't bringing any sort of joy or spark to the act of buying burgers, which is, you know, can be quite a fun thing. I imagine, I mean, your children are probably gourmands by now, um, but if you take them out for food somewhere, it's a fun, joyful activity. It looked like the last thing he you've wanted. Ne- you've never t- tried to take two 
toddlers out for well, food. he's only got it's a bloody one. Nightmare, to it looked like the last thing he ever he wanted to be doing was spend any time with his family, and it looked exactly like he looks on the football he's field. Giving up on life. Yeah. Oh. But the only th- people that haven't given up on him is Neil Redfern. So, oh no, come on, Morrow, we'll give you another chance on the well, wing. Look, look at how Murph turned it round. That could be you. Oh, it is going to go full. I don't want to full go. circle soon because obviously he was hated for quite a long time as the Becchio. Um, yeah, I mean, in your eyes, we don't want to get on, into it too much. But, Just come home. It's not too late. But what he did, what he did to Becchio was not acceptable. And then he was brought back into the team and. The crowd have tried to get, and I think, yeah. is it serious when people are doing the Steve Morrison songs, yeah. or is it a come on Billy? Well, that was always quite serious thing. as well. No, P- Billy Payne's people were taking the piss. People were... Billy Scores are on the pitch and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but it was always in a slightly, it was always in a more supportive way. It wasn't straight out mockery. It was like, I think with Billy Painter, there was a, there was a, a deal in place. He knew that the bus, the bus hadn't come. We knew he was waiting for the bus. And so the deal was there. And he knew that when we, we chanted, come on, Billy, we were slightly taking the piss, but also we would absolutely love him to score a goal. And when he did score a goal at Preston, his response was straight over to the fans. We've been having this sarcastic back and forth the last few games. Come on, Billy. Billy scored. Let's have a good time. It's happened. Morrison scores, despite, I think, a similar level of support mixed with sarcasm. I don't even see him celebrating. If I don't he, think it's something I'm going to have to worry he'll about. He'll faint. <laughs> he'll just collapse, won't he? He'll probably just... He'll, I reckon... What, right, this is my prediction. Steve Morrison will score a goal at the south stand end and it will be like the shot that he should have done better with. He'll score from like 30 yards. He'll go top scorer. And he'll totally mark Hazelwood it. He'll go straight over to the south stand and we'll all be like, Hey, Steve Morrison! V's. Flicking V's at them. Fuck off, all of you. Have that substituted straight off. David Batty will come on and he'll never play for Leeds again. That'll be the end of his career. And all he would have to do in that situation is actually smile a little bit. Um, can, and, he, can he smile though? Well, I mean, this is it. He's just such a gloomy Gus as well. It's like, it's not even... He's like grey, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a grey head and a grey face, grey hair and grey pubes. And it's just, he may as well turn out in a grey kit. Just give him his own special grey kit to shuffle about the right wing on, looking good. <laughs> I can't remember how long it's been since we did a podcast, but there were a few games where he could see the board going up and he was looking over and was visibly disappointed not to be substituted. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, I don't take... Oh, I don't, oh, don't take him off. Yeah. Oh, I've, got, I've got a hamstring. There was one game where he went down and pretended to be injured for a bit. And was asking to be taken off and Redfern refused and he just <laughs> left him on to suffer. <laughs> Still. Okay, one career that may or may not be over. What do you think of the unicorn? The death of a unicorn. He's so sad. He looked really sad in that video, didn't he? LUTV video, I mean, re- I mean on, the, on the verge. I don't even know what to say about him because he should be brilliant. He should be playing where Alex Moa is, bringing that Brazilian... Samba flair to Leeds United that we've lacked since Roque Jr. <laughs> but instead, yeah, he's just not playing. He's sad. Redfern said he's got to learn to put a shift in. Said he seems to be learning to put a shift in. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I put a shift in. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Redfern says he knows. He doesn't know. He needs to tell him what he needs to do. Or maybe he has told him, but he needs to tell him in clearer terms. Three million quid in the summer? Not likely. I don't think he'll come. He it, was even... Wasn't Tavares getting involved in, like, the conspiracy theory that 
by not playing him, Chilino's actually running the price down. That was—I swear—that was in his own interviews. Some people are saying that it's like he's doing it so that the price will go down, then he can buy me for cheaper. But I don't know if that's really true. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking hell, clutch it a, a few more straws." He's not Redders isn't playing here because he's got Rudy Austin as our one flair player. <laughs> and that's it, basically. We have gone very... When we talk about the, the team over the last few weeks, we have looked very um, first season of George Graham with the number of defenders we're playing absolutely everywhere. The team on Saturday against Forest, we got a front three of Steve Morrison on the right wing, who's a striker, Billy Sharp through the middle, who should be like playing off a target man. And then left forward is Charlie Taylor, who's a left back, backed up by... Berardi is a fullback. We've got a, a psychopath. We've got a central defender playing right back, two central defenders, and then on a good day, we've got Rudy Austin as well playing an attack. And it reminds me of the days when you'd have a team that would be Weatherall, Radaby, Palmer, Haller, Kelly, Robertson. Normally space for Robertson. Always space for Robertson. Worthington. Have we ever- Worthington, Ford, Jackson, <laughs> Maybury. This is a big team. This is a big team. And then up front, we'd have Haightley. <laughs> and that would be it. Outball. Good outball. Good um, And yet it is uh, somehow better to watch. And defensively, just as good. Clean sheets at left, right and centre. Yeah, they do seem a bit of a miracle, of these clean, sheet, these clean yeah. sheets. We're nev- we never seem convincing at all. And Wotton's an awful right back. Berardi, Bamba, Belushki and Wooton should not be keeping clean sheets against Nottingham Forest, who had scored two and three-quarter goals per game going into Saturday do we for, have, like, do ten we, games. Do we have to face up to the fact we're all right, or...? I still... It really... I can't get used to it. Like, when they were talking about 30,000 people going to the Forest game, I felt like, oh, you fools! Save yourselves, turn away, don't get... Do not get involved. And they might have learnt something from the fact that it wasn't a very good game. But... Yeah, going there every week, I don't really... I can't get get my head around it. I'm leaving some games going, that wasn't very good. And then when I think it's through, I'm like, actually, it was all right. right. It was just normal. Yeah. It was just a game. When you're vaguely organised, though, and you've got a few talented players, you realise you can actually get some decent results in this league. There's not a great deal to it. It's not difficult, is it? It makes you wonder why Cockaday and Milanich made such a, a faff out of it. I mean, Neil Redfern, what qualifications has he actually got to be a good championship manager? He's played 500 games in the championship. Isn't it a thousand games? I think a million. <laughs> Something like that. But we've, he's... Missed, we've missed Hockaday's whole managerial career. Well, um, well, well he's, 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 in the, he's in the list of stuff to come on to. Oh, yeah, well, let's, let's not spoil it now. Oh, okay. This, this is, a, let's this talk, is only whitewatching. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Redders and what has happened on the pitch wise. Yeah, overall, his second spell, he's done 32 points from a possible 69 over 23 games. So he's got like about 1.4 points per game. But. And here's the thing, since Cellino was banned, he's taken 22 points from 33, and that's two points per game, which is promotion form. Mm. I think, I mean, it is tempting and easy to point at Cellino as the turning point, but a lot of things happened around the same time as Cellino was banned. Thompson arrived, and Redfern made a big thing about how it was Michael Tong had been helping him put the cones out, and now he had Steve Thompson to help him put the cones out. So that was a change. Bamba also arrived around the same time and he's obviously made a big impact. Ed Kachani, you know, you can't even begin to talk about the impact he's had. But a lot of things happened as well as Cellino being banned. So it's not quite as easy as just saying uh, no Cellino good, Cellino bad. However, that is the big yacht in the room. <laughs> that is, you know, Cellino goes, 
the formation uh, relaxes, shall we say, the team selections become a little bit more varied and the performances improve and points pick up. We'd be winning the league if if it was if it was a calendar league. Well, I mean, of- admittedly, we'd lose it, but you know. <laughs> At the death, yeah. Well, a couple of things to note on that. I mean, Cellino himself admitted, didn't he, in an interview that he'd underestimated the championship. Um, yeah. So there's one thing he's admitted. He that. always admits his mistakes. Mm. That's one thing he promised after Hockey Day. He said, I will do my best, but if I make a mistake, I will be sure to let you know and apologise so that I can be praised again for making a mistake. <laughs> it's a mistake anybody could have made. I mean... Anybody could buy a football club without doing any research about the league that they're in. It just happens. Or without having a cursory glance through the books yeah or having a, a an idea of which players to sign that might be any good so you buy a bunch of Italians you play Millwall and lose and you have to go and buy a bunch of English players to make up for it it could happen to anybody a couple of things from the recent games then um, I'd like to mention the Wigan away game that photo of the the man with the dog and mm-hmm. the dog evidently singing yeah and he's become internet famous a blind man's dog a guide dog was it a guide dog it was a guide dog oh. I got the story apparently um, he takes his dog to every game, but he takes it, all its gear off. What do you call it? It's natty jacket. Don't wear colours always. <laughs> so it can blend in in the pubs. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's actually so that apparently it gets excited and sort of uh, gets tangled with the seats and can injure itself. So he, he undresses his dog free uh, games <laughs> and allows it to just be free. And uh, yeah, it's one of the great photos because it is uh, singing. A singing dog. Uh, the singing dog of Leeds. So I'm happy, yes, I'm happy. And Giuseppe Belushki's delightful tweet, what was it? Is that, I am I am glad I love dogs. <laughs> yes, with no punctuation. So it made it like sound like he was just saying that he was glad that he loves dogs. I am glad I love dogs. Um, all this then has left us, um, now we are mid-table, which is yes. unheard of. Um, we are 13th on 48 points at the time of recording ahead of the Fulham game. Um, we're safe, just about. It's worth emphasising just how mid-table we are. We are 14 points off the bottom of the playoffs and 14 points off the top of uh, the relegation places. Which I think, at the start of January, we would have all been thrilled with. Because it was looking a bit terrifying for a while and then, as we'll come on to, you start selling all your most experienced players and you do think this is a looking like a bit of a fuck-up <laughs> this whole season. But hey, Massimo knew. He knew what he was doing. The news. Let's start this section then with a quick roundup of the players in and out, uh, trialists, transfers, and speculation. Obviously, the window's now shut. Just quickly run back through the people we've got in and have set out free into the world. Um, Grandi Nagoyi, is that how you pronounce it? My apologies if not. Um, I won't worry. You just pronounce it great player. If everything everybody says about him is true, that he is like. Rates like 90 on Football Manager. He's an attacking, defensive, central midfielder, winger, fullback, goalkeeper. He's supposed to be brilliant. Um, I don't understand why that means then he is here. I also don't understand why that means he didn't have a medical. I don't understand why that means he's injured. I don't understand, again, why he's here. But he's here. So, you know, let's get him playing some behind closed doors friendlies. We've seen how that's helped Tavares develop. And perhaps uh, he could, we can we can get Lewis Cook out of the team because frankly, waste of a shirt. Let's get Ngoye in there, um, and he's the uh, the player we can rally behind. We need a talisman. Well, he, he's arrived broken. Um, Edgar Charney doesn't appear to be functioning. I think he was born broken. Thoughts on that? 
I've not really seen very much of him. I've probably only seen him touch the ball about six times. Did you see what was voted tree of the year this week? I didn't. It's a tree that's growing in the middle of a football pitch in the Ukraine. And it's been voted uh, tree of the year. They still play, there's a goal at either end and they still never, play matches on this pitch that's got a tree in it. I never voted. It's a little bit. It's well, not my favourite tree. Are you a tree expert? Which is I your favourite tree? Um, the one in my garden. <laughs> I don't even believe you have any trees Of course I have, it's an apple tree. I expect tree. yours would just be gravelled over just to spite local animals and wildlife. <laughs> I won't have any badges in my garden, says uh, Michael. Um... Tree, yeah. Charney, yeah, he just reminds me of a big tree rooted in the pitch. Doesn't really do anything. Very outsiding. When we've already got loads of strikers who don't play, well, to buy another one that doesn't play. Yes, Redfern and Numbers have had a little bit of back and forth about the uh, transfers. Redfern did say that he had given his list to Andrew Numbers. Well, he said to the club, I've given my list to the club again. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to bring some players in. That was a matter of hours before Andrew Wimber said that uh, we would not be bringing any players in. Whereas Bates used to say we won't be signing any loan players because they're an expensive waste of time and um, they're all dickheads. All footballers essentially are dickheads. So wasting any more money on them that we have to um, is essentially useless despite us being a football club and our whole remit being to pay footballers to play football. Umbers took a different twist on it. That it was basically um, that the players we've got are such a lovely, lovely, lovely set of lads and they all have such a nice time together. And the team spirit, the equilibrium of the team spirit is so good that bringing in any other player uh, would be too great a risk because Steve Morrison might not like him, basically, is what it boiled down to, which is just a different kind of bullshit. But yeah, so we've got these two sides. Well, no, it's a three-sided coin because they, they do have an edge, the old coins. Um, one side, we've got Ngoy and Charney being signed for whatever reason. On the other side, we've got Redfern continually giving the same list of players to the club and them just going, eh, not interested. Oh, yeah, we'll look at it. And then as soon as he throws it in the ball. We've got, well, this, we've got this broken fella and this big useless bloke. We're filing it, Neil. <laughs> we're filing it. Um, and then the third side is Umber's... Uh, saying, can't we all just get along? Isn't it lovely what we've got here as it is? And somebody knew it to spoil it. Yeah, so it strange. feel a bit like when you you hear about the bad replacements you get when you do online shopping and you ask for some, some lemon flash and they send you an actual lemon instead. <laughs> Speaking of which, David Norris has been released. I can't believe it. He's finally gone. Awesome. Has he found a new club? He was going to Peterborough, wasn't he? He's probably not bothered. <laughs> Do you I can think... see him going on a Trezor Candal trajectory where people try and sign him and he just sort of he isn't showing up at train stations and stuff. Do you think there's a relationship between Peterborough trying to sign David Norris and Darren Ferguson getting sacked again? I hope so. What's his What's his name at Peterborough, the chairman? Mc... Darren McAntony. Darren McAntony. Yeah, tweeting angrily. Can't believe the rubbish this manager's trying to sign. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm not sorry to see him go. I'm glad to see him go. Earning a fortune on... Warnock wages, although it is insane to look back to the Warnock era and see how much faith we put in. There was a real controversy at the time. We can't afford to get the David Norris deal over the line because of the takeover situation. We were being prevented from signing the players who were going to transform our club like David Norris. David Norris news, he has signed for Peterborough. Right, and Darren Ferguson has been sacked as a consequence. I would imagine so. Or as a coincidence. I don't know if he's played yet, which is... (laughs) Let's not in get keeping, carried away. In keeping with what we know of the man. What a time. We remember the good times, don't we? Oh, yeah. 
those ones. The one where he, he played his part in that Bradford defeat. He captained Leeds. He wore the armband. Shoulder to shoulder with Billy Bremner then. Yes. And Robbie Rogers. Yeah, I was going to say, at least Robbie Rogers brought some, you know, panache to it and some distinction. What did David Norris bring to it? Michael Tong, another one of those sort of generic midfielders. He was slightly better when he was with us, but he's gone to Millwall on loan and basically signed off his Leeds career. Imagine going from a player assistant manager to being loaned out. That's a big fall. He must hate Steve Thompson almost as much as Lou Murphy loves him. Nicky Jose, he's still at Crew. He's been banging him in, hasn't he? Tearing up the division. The, uh, it's, it's almost like he's found his level. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you look at him playing really well in attack for Crew. And then you look at Steve Morrison playing really badly in attack for us. I'm not sure it's... Maybe Nicky is capable of playing above himself in this division. And maybe Steve Morrison is capable of playing below himself in an even lower division. Um, <laughs> I would like to see them swap. Maybe we can just do it in the dead of night and crew won't notice. The only slightly strange one in this transfer window was the uh, sale of Jason Pierce to Wigan. What are your thoughts on that? Because he he's been obviously a regular... I think a little bit like the departure of Stephen Warnock, the crucial thing is somebody else wanted him. There was a bid, and so he said, yeah. And also, um, Jason Pierce, I believe, was on the list of players who were available to go last summer. That didn't change. So his performances in the first half of the season were pretty much irrelevant. He was just for sale from the day Chilino arrived. And there were a few players. I think Warnock is another one who didn't matter that he was playing brilliantly. If somebody came in and wanted him, we weren't going to stand in his way. And Warnock, bloody hit, absolute pay dirt. What a deal. Go from the bottom of the league to the top with an 18-month contract um, and like the chance to be playing in the Premier League within a year. All right. Yeah, bye, lads. Although he's now doing the David Norris role of not actually playing doesn't experience in the dressing room. He's like their, uh, their Gordon Strachan for the run-in. <laughs> the sale of these players was another moment, though, where you thought, this is, this is wrong. Yeah, it, was it, quite, was, it was quite a risk at the time, wasn't it? Because we were on a bad run of form, and as much as we um, have had a go at the Punoc and his poor performances over the last two years, he actually was one of our best players at the start of the season, and he was had more games in English football than pretty much the rest of the team that we had out on the pitch at the time because it was all these players that Chilino had signed and it did seem like a massive risk but then Taylor's come in and results have picked up and mm. maybe he was dragging us down the whole time. Normally we can wheel out that um, graphic of Robert Snodgrass saying how can you say you're going for a promotion and then so he captain like once a year but we were able to do it twice in a week. Charlie Taylor's come in and he's done very well. However, it doesn't disguise the fact that if he bless his soul, was to suffer an injury in, for example, a backstreet knife fight, then we don't necessarily have the cover that we perhaps could do with. Got Berardi? Who's he, seems gonna... to, he seems to have curbed his, his violence. It'd be Berardi who was in the knife fight within a backstreet. He's taking on a Swiss mob. Charlie, Swiss army knife. Charlie eh? fucking Taylor. Yeah, the fucking Swiss mob's coming down. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether we can attribute it to, to look rather than judgment that Charlie Taylor is coming and done as well as he has um, and bear in mind also he's now playing like left side of attack he doesn't look entirely comfortable though it must be said no he doesn't I hope after Billy Sharp um, nearly half killed him for not scoring the ball to him in the first 10 minutes on Saturday something did click within his mind Charlie Taylor basically needed to turn to him and just go I'm a fucking left back <laughs> what what did you expect and I think that was the body language was there like what the fuck did you expect me to do? I'm not going to be able to do anything there. I'm a left back. 
the saddest part about it all is um, Jason Pierce tweeting pictures of himself eating alone in Wigan. That was a, a, a sad moment. Even put a black and white filter on it, put, put a, mugging a sad face in the camera and just said, he's clearly like sitting in a pub, just said, meal for one tonight and a few sad emojis. That's Cry, what, crying into his little pie. That's what happens when you leave Leeds. Bless mm. him. But I, I don't have a problem with Pierce Dog. He did all right. He was, yeah. he was the, the very definition of an, a simple, honest pro. <laughs> Signed by Warnock as well. Is that... Oh, Morrison side. Is that all of Warnock's players gone? I think so, no, yeah. Varney, thankfully, is gone. Just watch your language. We'll fill in the fortnight in. Yeah. Hmm. Um, another person who has gone is our manager. Our manager's gone. Oh, you funny man. Yes, the driver of the bus, the pilot of the plane, or whether he's pushing the plane or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, Chilino. Um Obviously, this is old news, um, so we won't dwell on it too much. The ban upheld by the uh, dun, dun, dun. QC and the Football League. And, and so you know on. why that ban was upheld? Because the Football League is corrupt. Is that why? Yes. And obviously he's been uh, extended as the ban until the end of the season for the failure to disclose the court documents. Was that really his fault? Because look what happened when he did disclose the court documents. He got banned. So why would he want to disclose them? Well, unfortunately, the rules do uh, make you disclose if you are subject to any sort of disqualifying condition. Fuck your rules. Maybe Damn. he didn't know. Fuck your rules. He probably didn't realise. Well, exactly. It's a different culture. It comes from Italy where they re- the rules are made to be broken. Well, Those papers are probably sat... You know, it's like your whole table, you just accumulate post, don't you, sometimes? Mm. You think, oh, it'd be like a junk mail from Barclays. Sort it out later. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The bills are on direct debit anyway. Don't need to really open them. Well, exactly. You know what it's going to say because you've already paid it online. Exactly. So he's just, he's opened it and he's like, ooh, I'll deal with that later. Yeah. I'll put my incriminating court documents over here with the, with the gas bill. Well, can I just say that what Massimo said, in fact, you should probably do this, Moscow, because you do the voice better than anyone. Which part of it? You're a big racist. (laughs) Well, I am already ousted. 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 (laughs) Uh, the football league is now pursuing a new claim against me based on circumstances that do not belong to me. I've already been clarified and heavily stigmatized by my lot. I have no idea what he means when he says that the claims against him have been heavily stigmatized. It was great, this statement. We were just about to play Brighton that night. I was quite looking forward to that game. I am told, by the way, that that went online without anybody at the club knowing about it. Apart from Google Translate. Yeah, it was somebody, whoever whoever has the keys to the safe. So you're saying yeah. that Massimo Cellino, who has severed all connections with Leeds United and who has done everything that he has, I immediately complied with all the requests of the Football League, uh, instructed my consultants to arrange all required actions, ensure my, uh, ensure my prompt exit, like Pepe Le Pew straight out of her boudoir, so I, th- as- no, I think he sent it to the media department, but the- nobody had any warning. Normally they tell, oh, okay. they tell Radio Leeds and the YEP what, that something's coming. Not, th- not in this case. It just got chucked on the website. Well, as he said in the opening line, it was uh, in the best interests of the club. He had considered in the best interests of the club to postpone any release of his true thoughts and conclusions in relation to the 79 days qualification. Yes, he didn't want to unsettle the harmony of the team in a period of key league tournament matches that I have measured to reveal my decision only today because the qualification for the 2016 championship is by now achieved. And when he says he he, we, he didn't really get a grip on the championship before he arrived, I'm not sure he's really on top of it now. But yes, I've considered in the best interest of the club to postpone any release of my true thoughts and conclusion. That didn't stop him, however, from releasing a pack of lies back at the time because he did originally say that he would be back. That was the whole thing. I've been banned, but I will be back. And then this statement with his true thoughts that he decided to release now that we have qualified for the risk. He said, actually, at the time, I decided I wouldn't be back 
But I said that I would be back just because I didn't want to upset anybody. But now that we've qualified, I want to let you know that that was a lie and I'm not going to be back. So to clarify my decision, and then he, he phrased it as, um, all of the above leads me to reconfirm the decision already reached in January. I can't reconfirm it when you're saying exactly the opposite of you said in January. It's just, it's too many, too many headaches. It's just, Don't stigmatise mm, him. I'm trying, I'm trying. Well, his lawyers have already heavily stigmatised him, you know. There's such a stigma attached to tax evasion and embezzlement of public funds these days. Yes. Mm. It was better in the old days when you could just do that stuff. I don't really understand what his position is. It seems like he wants to make a clear distinction between him and the club so that he can clear his name with the Football League, which means that forevermore, when these things come up, he won't have this problem anymore. So he can fight it, win, and then next time he doesn't pay tax on a yacht or next time he embezzles public funds or next time he's in prison for environmental... Well, he's not been in prison yet, but next time he's in trouble for (laughs) environmental shenanigans on a stadium-building project... He knows he's not going to be banned for it. But I'm not sure that's even the case. He might win this one, but he will be tested every single time. Is the point just that he's appearing to step back so that he can do what he wants? Well, yes. I mean, he's clearly got... You can't ban me because I'm not, I'm not in charge. <laughs> yeah. so. and as the, ban somebody else. As Phil Hayes' uh, report on the board meeting where he clearly has no influence apart from an Italian lawyer in the room to whom all decisions are deferred... <laughs> And who has final say on uh, on all matters? But Cellino, I am having nothing to do with Leeds United. I do not want to upset the harmony of the league tournament squad. He can, e- he can email his sons using a, a Selim Patel style undercover email address. <laughs> Just have his name backwards at, at gmail dot com. What is Massimo backwards? Um, um, we're not really omniscient. I think we're not it is. clever enough, right? So essentially, he can't be banned because he's God. He's everywhere. You ban, you ban me. I'm still in the showers. <laughs> well, that was still that's in Quinn the Williams. Quinn we, Williams place. We missed, uh, we missed the whole pastor incident as well. His response, his response to sack to being banned was not to get angry. It was to get cooking. And what a video. That was of him cooking. Which game was it? It was pretty much against Bournemouth when mm-hmm. we won. Filmed by Terry George harassing the kitchen staff through about four different attempts at making one simple pasta dish that he served up. And Rudy Austin's face will live with me forever. <laughs> when it was like, are you, are you looking forward to getting some food from Massimo? And Rudy Austin's just like, I am so done with this shit <laughs> get me to Wigan get me out of here what in, is going on in one word then summarise your thoughts towards life since Massimo's not been here since his ban Michael peaceful Moscow I'm not really a man of one word pick, um, pick one uh, peaceful yeah <laughs> it's true it's it's odd you're waiting for something to happen we've, we've almost at times Verged on being a football club again. Yeah. You go through the week and nothing happens. Well, that was kind of the thing with that. Uh, and then you play on a Saturday and you win. Where is he? And that's nice. And where? then he goes another week and there's another game and then even just you're just playing football matches. Even that's all Eleanor there is to is, it sometimes. Eleanor has backed off. So what's going on on um, Instagram? What's well, saying? Eduardo's left Twitter. That's one thing. It's really strange. It's almost like they're buggering off and not coming back. Nora today has posted on Instagram... A pair of uh, Chanel slippers that look very nice. 
one blue, one red, both appear to be for a right foot. Is there a hidden meaning? Do I need to leave a comment I saying, think, I sign a winger? I think they might be Steve Morrison's, you know, because he often plays like he's got two right feet. Boom, boom. There we go. Can we find the picture that she posted? This is a podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, um, it was a picture, Betty, of her posing. How can you turn any old PJ's shirt into a cute mini dress? So she's keeping herself busy as her life falls apart <laughs> in a, a Leeds hotel room until her dad... <laughs> Um, let's them get away from... Uh, oh, and there's uh, um, them boobs, though, is one comment, <laughs> which does make a change from people that just um, just post, sign a central midfielder, which is... <laughs> um, talking to people leaving social media, we've had a bit of a, oh, a few incidents recently, haven't we? Billy Sharp got stroppy, first of all, started favouriting stuff that said he should be in the team, then he got in the team, and now Merck Antonucci's had a bit of a rant, and now Mrs. Adrian and... and to clarify, when I say Mrs. Adrian, I mean his missus, not Adrian herself. Um, she's done the same on Instagram. And to quote what she said, can you read this out, somebody, please? Where's she from? She's Brazilian. Brazilian's a bit... That sounded Russian to me. It is a little bit Russian sounding to me. Is it? Yeah. Moscow, what's your take on it? I'd have to hear it in a Russian accent to see how accurate it sounds. Her words. I know that's something good. This red thing around the corner. That's good. <laughs> There's a new day dawning. There's life for us. Got to keep on holding now for just a little longer, I know. <laughs> Superb. Right. And, uh, and obviously you've missed off the last few symbols there, which is the praying emoticon, then the uh, praise bee emoticon, another praying one, then the sleepy one, then a pink bow, and then some hearts. I mean, does this have to be connected to Leeds United? Well, it's in English, right? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Other than her native tongue, so you would assume so. Okay, so it's it's actually directed at... Um, Redders. So he's going to read that and go, "Oh yeah, you know what? Actually, I don't know what she's on about." <laughs> in the in the team Saturday, straight in. What, Mrs. Adrian? Yeah, <laughs> it's worked for Antonucci anyway. Norwich have tried to buy him, haven't they? Yeah, and it worked for Billy Sharp. He got straight back in the team. Favorited a few things. Pretty much, it looked almost like he was while he was on the bench because there wasn't a lot of time elapsed, and it was it was great. Not just the ones that were saying oh, Billy Sharp's good, Billy should be playing. But it was the ones that were saying, can't understand why that sack of shit Chinese up front when Billy Sharp's <laughs> on the bench, favourited. Um, it was a little more cutting edge, wasn't it, was Billy's uh, favourite thing. System works. 
Yeah, and then um, Antonucci's. I don't think it's the first time he's done this, where he's he likes um, Instagram for his rants as well, but he tends to do them in Italian. So unless somebody goes to the trouble of translating them, which obviously we haven't. Um, so Mrs. Tavares has learned Instagram it in English, and you've got a much better chance. Uh, but, you know, she's right. There's a new day dawning. There often is. It's all true. It's all right. Every 24 hours or that. You've got to keep on holding now for just a little longer. I know. It could just be that that's a big, you know, it could be a hit song in Brazil. And these are the lyrics. We don't know. We look for, for messages where they may not be. And I'm sure um, somebody's probably posted underneath that to say, sign a defensive midfielder. Would you ban them all from it? Did Simon Grayson have the right idea? Nice boobs, though. Simon Grayson. Yes, Simon Grayson's boobs should be banned. I don't know. Ah, oh, you've got to let him have the time on it. Just just fine him heavily when they fuck up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I would miss seeing uh, Liam Cooper saying that Billy Sharp is on flames and then adding some <laughs> fire emoticons underneath. <laughs> I like it after a game. Alex Mowat was getting it loads, like just all the other players are saying that he was absolute fire. <laughs> As well, it, these footballers are quite disconnected from the fans now. It's It's nice to have a place you can go and swear at them it's yes it's much i'd say it's much better to have them tweeting at supporters than the video of wayne rooney and phil barsley in uh rooney's kitchen shadow boxing that just looked like the most dreadful life if 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 tweeting and putting pictures on instagram stays off the boredom so that they're not in that dreary 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 situation where not only have you been knocked out by a Sunderland? Is he at Sunderland still, Bardsley? I think so. Or Stoke? Maybe, yeah, it might be Stoke. You're an England international, one of the greatest strikers apparently of all time. And that's what you're doing of an evening. And even worse, somebody in your house then sells the footage to the sun. It's a miserable, miserable... It was Colleen, wasn't it? Was it Colleen? Probably. It was a miserable, in miserable... In case any lawyers are listening, I was just joking there. That was not real. It's a miserable, 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 miserable life. So, you know, let them tweet about it and we can read and point and laugh. Good. Will you be going to the end of season party? No, it's is 55 it, quid. I was going to say, how much is that? What? Hasn't that gone up about 15 quid since last year? Inflation. And it's not even like, I mean, can Chilino go? Will he be breaking football league regulations no, if he's he plays band, guitar? Oh, he's, no, he is actually. If it's, the, if it's the night of the Rotherham match. I'll turn up at midnight. Hey! <laughs> Guess I, who's back? I don't fucking go out until 3am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, only, we do only have a licence till 12, Massimo. We can't reiterate that enough. <laughs> I tell you Fuck what, the rules. Oh, no, he's banned again. We've lost We've lost the licence. Nice one, Massimo. We can't sell beer in a football ground. <laughs> I sue them. My, my lawyers win every case. I have cans in car park. No problem. <laughs> if that is his swan song, by the way, what a party that's going to be. It's going to go off the chart. Is it 55 quid's worth of party, or is it better just to pick up the dregs in Moving five the next on day? to... <laughs> moving on to the hock... Let's talk about the Hawk. Um, what a managerial career he's gone on to have since he left us after his special consulting role, uh, role with um, Swindon Supermarine. Mm-hmm. He was then doing some coaching at Coventry City. Um, Stephen Presley, sacked. Yeah, sacked. Before you knew it. The Hawk took the reins. 100% record as manager. Played one, won one, drawn none, lost none. Goals 4-2, goals against one, three points. In my mind, Coventry are... are- Premier League team as well because they were for most of my early early years watching football. Mm. So he's basically managed two Premier League teams now. However, um, I don't wish to take away from Dave Hockaday's achievement as manager of, Co- of uh, Coventry, but um, the victory was over 
MK Dons, who let's not forget don't actually exist. So in my mental records, this game was never played. Hock was never their manager. Those goals were never scored. And to his credit, those goals were never conceded either because it's not like they kept a clean sheet. So it does never happen. Sorry, Hock. He genuinely has never been seen again. On to um, Ken Bates. He's, 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 how's his weekly Ken going? The, the weekly we- Ken. The weekly Ken. It, I, it's moved from... It used to be on the YouTube channel every week. And is, then that, I, is that the website YouTube.com? It is. And then I looked... Um, Where's it gone now? Where's it gone? Well, I looked... I can't it, find it. Where's it gone? Bring there, it to me. There hadn't been one for a month. And for one moment, one brief, joyous, fleeting moment, I thought... Why might There'd been a cold winter in Monaco. Yeah, why might he not have broadcast for a month? Perhaps, perhaps they can't get in touch with him. Perhaps nobody's answering the phone. Perhaps. You're starting perhaps, to speak like him already. Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps you've gone out for a long walk or for a short bit. But no, um, they've just, they've put it on um, Audio Boom now instead. We think because... Audio Boom doesn't show listener statistics, so we can't. I mean, that means we can't now mock um, Ken Bates's listeners. We can still mock uh, Radio Yorkshire's listeners, for example. Don't, I mean, don't do this. There's been. Um, they have a very nice hospitable box. They have Leeds United versus Wigan. Oh, he's preview. T- uh, Moscow, Moscow. Hmm? He's turned, hasn't he? He's gone to the other side. Well, this is it. Once you go. Bradford City's Gary Liddle talks about the upcoming game. It's been up there for a week. 51 people have watched that. Brian McDermott, the Leeds Rhinos version, 20 views and his thoughts after a game uh, from a week ago. But if you tell me it's good, what's so good about Radio Yorkshire, your turncoat? Well, I got three meal out of them. Is that all it takes for you? Pretty much, yeah. One of, one of them now. Yeah. Now, the competition, you'll remember that I was I was encouraging everybody to enter because Ken more or less let slip one, one week that if 10 people get the answer right, bear in mind these aren't tough questions. This is what squad number is, Ross McCormack, stuff like that. If 10 people get the answer correct, they will draw it out of a hat. Um, so I entered it a couple of times and I won it on the second time I entered. Mm. So I got to go in there. That suggests not only their uh, viewing figures on YouTube are low, but their listening figures are low and also their competition... Um, entry numbers are also low. My my other sample for this is because having won it, I was chatting to the blokes at work, and one of them's elite, and one's a Liverpool fan actually. But he goes to the odd game, and he said, "You know, I entered this. I don't think anyone's entering. It costs a quid." He entered, won it. The, <laughs> a couple of weeks later, the other lad won it. So I reckon, I think from a combined six, maybe seven entries, we've had three wins. That's well, a good return, yeah. Which is not bad because you get, I mean, you get into the game for free. Mm-hmm. Is the main thing. But then you get a meal. You managed to get a few pints. I had to. I had to push them for the drinks. I've got to be honest. They were saying, "Oh no, we'll get around. We'll get around when they come back in." I'm like, "Oh, oh no, no, no! You're gonna have to hurry up." So I got a few drinks out of them. Um, one of them I discovered halfway through the night because I didn't know who they were, obviously, because they were um, Radio Yorkshire people. You're not a keen listener. We're not. We're not. We're, no one listens to it really either. But um, during the dinner conversation, I was trying to get him to talk about Bates and how he was as a boss, and uh, when someone went. Oh, KB. And I thought, it's you. All right, then. <laughs> You're the KB, man. I mean, they, they seemed all right. Mm, the people. The, the, the people trying to earn, earn a living, Working aren't they, really? Lizard. Yeah, it's not their fault. They, you know, It's like, I'm sure the sun has some all right people working for it and mm-hmm. stuff. It's not their fault. You can't hate them. But I did put stickers everywhere. <laughs> what kind of stickers? Well, mainly I tried to utilise the Ken Bates Don't Believe the Tripe 
stickers. Mm. Um, there's some Visit Beast and ones in there as well, which were which were nice to put. I hope you added some place. extra glue. <laughs> I suspect they're not there now, but if anyone wins a competition, which if you enter, you will, um, then then you know by all means have a look. Also in the box was um, from the pe- the kind of three people I was speaking to. Two had entered for the first time and had got and had won. And one, the other person, it was his second time this season he'd been in there. Brilliant. Amazing. It's basically an executive box for a quid if you want, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, if, the, if you do enter, though, they try and ring you off um, a withheld number, which you may presume is a PPI call or something. So make sure you answer it. And I think they just basically keep ringing around and they'll probably just pick up the phone book if eventually yeah. no, one, no one has won this prize. <laughs> it could be you without even yeah. entering. Like, do you want to, do, do, do you like football? Do you want to go go to Leeds? No? Right. Yeah, I'd love to go to Leeds. What, what's the deal? Well, it's Ken Bates' box. Hang off. <laughs> what's he been saying this week anyway? Give us a quick roundup. Ken is on... Well, I can't bring... I mean, it's a half-hour I mean, special. We bring this to you so you don't have to listen. And we haven't even listened to no. it either. The title... It, it's 29, 29 minutes, 23 seconds of Ken Bates talks GFH, David Haig. He only says five sentences in that time, though. Ken Bates talks GFH, David Haig, Neil Redfern and Jeremy Clarkson who <laughs> we did listen to that apparently because of Jeremy Clarkson's behaviour and also the political bias that the BBC is involved in this and also the fact that they take more to um, uh, international sporting events than ITV and Sky Sports combined he comes to the conclusion that Harry Groshen must be tearing his hair out um, and then he goes on to in the most um, natural um this is something I think Yorkshire Radio must be introducing to try and... Uh, sorry, Radio Yorkshire, my, my apologies. They are vastly, completely separate. Vastly different. Very, very different. Um, I think they may be trying to humanise uh, the horrible old goats by getting him to maybe turn the tables and interview the guy who calls him KB, whoever he is. Because it's uh, this was Radio Yorkshire's birthday celebrations that he joined in. Have they been going a year? <laughs> yeah. That also means Ken's ticked over another year, which isn't good news. But he... He wishes them a happy birthday in the most relaxed, joyous and celebratory manner um, possible. Interviewee turned interviewer. The quest- Flip it, Flipping the dynamic on its head almost. In the, the most natural way you could ever hear. Clarkson, I think that they've shot themselves in the foot there again. Poor Harry Grayson must be tearing his hair out. So... Tell us about your birthday. <laughs> yeah, we've had a, a very good day. Oh, God. Even scripted as it was. I mean, no, natural as it was. He somehow did manage to fluff his own. So, so, <clears throat> you, can all, you can almost hear Susanna with the cattle prod. <laughs> Ask him about his birthday, Ken. <laughs> How's your birthday? Our birth, our birth, Jesus Christ! I imagine he's no nicer to his children when it's their birthday. Well, I mean, joyous ev- events, children's birthdays. Well, I trust you've had a good birthday. Well, nobody talks about Robert Bates, who was the one a, that he's got issues, hasn't he? Yeah, who became a an alcoholic because of the he was a Chelsea vice chairman for quite a long time in the nineteen eighties, but uh, the pressure to. Uh, following his father's footsteps, drove him to alcohol and he was arrested on the motorway doing about 150 miles an hour, blind drunk on a mission to try and save his failing marriage. And he was uh, Ken's um, heartwarming response to the tragedy that was his life was to disown him. 
um, and leave him to his fate. I think he um, may have written him out of the will, but I can't <laughs> prove that. I can't. Basically, they they weren't getting along. Uh, last I heard, which um, you know, if you if you're listening, Rob, you know, go with it. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. Be free. Join us on that happy day that is ahead of us when we dance and dance and dance. Take over anyone then, it's, it's been a while. Um, so it looks then, if, if you're not aware of this, that we are in possible negotiations with uh, Malaysian casino giants Genting or their owner to be taken over and they are very rich indeed. How rich? If they, well, if they took us over, it would probably, I think, put us in the top two rich clubs in the country. We're talking big money. Mm. Fancy that then or but not? From, well, from the, the research I've done about Malaysian owners... They wear high-waisted trousers um, and change your club colours and badge. All of them. They're all, all of they, them. They are all the same. Yep. Mm. That's that's just what I've, from my own research. It happened to Cardiff, it can happen to us. So are you against the billionaire owners doing that then? I'm is against this, their name. Is this the bloke who was in Gladiator? <laughs> yes. Was it? Oliver Reed. Russell Genting? Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, okay. I like him, he's good. He's good. He, he was good in that... Um, Gladiator. I did feel a little bit sorry for Russell Crowe, who I believe as he is also known in all that, because I'm sure he has been in other films, but nobody seems to care about the rest of his career. And loads of people are even like, well, would he even be interested in a sports team? It's like, well, actually, he owns uh, one in Australia already. And like, oh, does he? Uh, it's almost like he's, he's one of these, well, the most famous people on the planet, but nobody's taken any interest in his life whatsoever. To be honest, I wouldn't mind if I had the option of Gladiator and that was it, then, you know, I'd, I'd take that. Yeah. He, he he deserves to be... Um, I mean, it's a little bit soon to be writing his obituary, but he hasn't even bought Leeds United yet. Boom, boom. <laughs> Genting, I, I don't Genting. know. I don't I don't trust an undefinable verb. What does it mean to Ghent? Can anybody tell me? I know Ghent is a lovely historic university town in Belgium. That's good. That's true. Um, is it where we signed Habib Habubu from? <laughs> I can't can't remember which team it was but you know Ghent is a is a a rich team but Genting to Ghent when we're bought will we have been Gented? I think it means to spunk a load of money up the wall something like that I'm not sure I mean entertainment is their business um, but so is causing people to go massively into debt so maybe it's a match made in heaven, really. I don't know. What do you think? Do you fancy uh, seeing the uh, the entertainers take over our club, spending money, making match day experience all glossy? And... Like the cheerleaders in the Forest game. I think maybe we might go for a step up on that. I don't know. What could be better than cheerleaders? Casinos. They were wearing skimpy outfits. Oh, you could totally see the bums and that. La- laser amazing. beams and tigers and shit. Laser beams and tigers. What? Where's the Lucas the Copcat in all this? Well, it's it's no coincidence. He's made a comeback. It could be that since Massimo's apparently been talking to Genting, they thought, Do you know what? What that they like rare cats. Let's. You think that was the first part of the deal? Okay, Massimo, bring back the cat. We we yeah, <laughs> we're happy to talk. We want to enter into a period of exclusivity. We understand your <laughs> that we have to pay for this. However, first thing in the contract. Yeah, we have one condition before we go any further. Get that damn cat back. How would the fans feel about having the cat on the badge? <laughs> We've gone for a throwback. We've gone for the um, sort of early 90s football in the Yorkshire Rose. But in the middle of it, it's not a football. <laughs> it's a cartoon animal. It's a cartoon cat. <laughs> Top well, cat. 
If it means we win the league again, would you take it? Some people would have taken Red Bull. Would you not? Would you take Lucas the Copcat? Some people would have taken a, a sort of a tactile Lucas the Copcat full face on the shirt. Mm. Have you ever seen um, Pumas of Mexico? Pumas Unam. Some of their kits are amazing. This, if uh, Google along with us, if you're listening at home, uh, people make it a, an image search. But that looks like a Transformers kind of cat. Well, yeah, it? but it looks super cool. Look at that. But imagine that. That is cool. Imagine that with Lucas's face. He'd wear that. <laughs> of course it he'd wouldn't look that. anything like that, though, would it? It'd look like a, a daft children's item. <laughs> Not if done right. I'm in favour. That's what. Of this that's what now. I'm worried about, though. It's the doing it right, isn't it? I'm. I'm looking forward to. You could uh, make the collar like a mane. <laughs> I'm looking forward. The big, to the swish, a big swishy tail out the back of the shot. Leopards don't have manes. He's a snow leopard. He's a leopard. He's a uh, snow leopard. Right. Is he a, a Malaysian snow, snow leopard? Well, he's going to get a makeover, isn't he? <laughs> he's going to get a mane. He's going to have to mate with a lion. <laughs> Two beautiful animals brought together. I'm, I'm looking forward to this future of supporting the, the Leeds Copcats, <laughs> even as though, I believe the team will be renamed. Even though the Tigers are Malaysian, they're not lions. Anyway... Get, let's not get. Let's, well, tigers let's, don't have manes either. Listen, we're, I mean, next we're, thing, if we're looking for animals with manes, he's going to be mating with a pony. Listen, and we can't have a pony Lucas the Copcat hybrid as our club chairman. We're pussyfooting around the main image. Ah, very good. You see, the main issue. It'd be even better if I just got my words out. Right? <laughs> anyway, so how, how do you fancy this life as one of the richest clubs in the country? Would it be would boring? We sh- not interested. Would we shed our identity? Premier League sucks. Is it? Don't want to have any part in Down it. Down with EPL. Too much banter. I mean, when those um, idiots were interrupting the UEFA Cup tie at um, White Hart Lane and filming it for their banter YouTube channel, that just said to me everything about why I don't want to be in the Premier League. I've said it for years that my ideal situation is for us to win the championship every year and then stay in it. And just defend our title. With a, a run in Europe. But, yes, we should be able to qualify well, for We Europe. could win the Cups, win, 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 win the, the FA Cups. Cup. Yeah. Get a Europa League run. Maybe win the Europa League. There's a lot to be said. Europa League, when we were in the UEFA Cup, we got to play PSV Eindhoven and we got to play Maritimo all the time. We did work, we got to play the, uh, a variety of teams from Moscow, Spartak and the other ones. I think we played Locomotive <laughs> yes. as well, didn't we? Did we play Torpedo at some point too? Wasn't it Locomotive that Lucas scored against his overhead kick? Yes. Exactly, in Holland. Yeah. So You don't get that shit in the EPL, do you? Exactly, and you don't get it in the uh, Champions League either. You don't get to play like a mid-division Russian team on neutral soil in Holland and have <laughs> Lucas Radby score an overhead kick. If Genting can promise us that, then I'm all in favour. However... I suspect they'll have some flannel about spending billions on the team and the stadium. And, and they'll be all about that, that TV money that everyone seems so excited about. If they're already so stinking rich, ah, but they all why it. do they need the TV money? Well, you could say that, but then you could say Mr. Mr. Genting, Genting, as I believe his, his name is, <laughs> the man who runs it. Mm. But Mr. G. Old, Mr. G. Old man, when he, when, he old, when he opened his first casino and he made a million pounds, why did he... Why didn't he just say that? Oh, because a million pounds isn't that much. A million well, pounds you know, gets you a but, Luke Murphy. But like when he got 10... And he couldn't he even gone, afford his wages. He could have just gone, oh, well, that's enough now. Mm. Not going to spend 10 million this week, am I? No, I I'll, just, I'll just stick at this. So this you're saying his, his motivation for buying Leeds United is to make him uh, intergalactically rich? I'm just saying it's an option. I'll be honest, lads. They turn over something like 17 billion a year. I'm not sure they, we need to necessarily worry about 
a bit of money from Sky TV. But I'm oh, looking okay. for them. Well, exactly. So what's their motives? Do they really want to build a team around... Glory! What's the... This easier... If you've got 17 billion quid, why do you need the glory? You've built a glorious casino empire. What more glory is there in building a team around Lucas the Copcat? Watching Lewis Cook score the winning goal in the European Cup final against Bayern Munich. For us. Well, what difference does it make? A crossbreed cat horse on him. <laughs> okay, when you put it like that, I see. It's an experiment for science. Yes, I support their um, their moves. Are you all for it then? Absolutely. I'm rare. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. It's this takeover seems very different from the twenty that we've been through in the last three years. In that, um, it's all very hush hush. Nobody's saying anything, and nobody actually seems that bothered. There is a certain amount of interest. But it's difficult to really get as agitated as as perhaps we have been before. I just can't work up the excitement, especially if it turns out that these guys might be good. Mm. Where's the fun in that? Where's the where's the point of interest? <laughs> well, you, what you say is right, though. I go back three years to when it all started, when Ken was selling, and uh, compare that to now. And I was so excited. I thought this is this is brilliant. We're finally getting rid of him, mm. and we've got something new coming. If and Genting had bought then, yeah. brilliant. It would have been perfect. Genting. Now I'm just like, uh, it's too Genting late. And I, I have. I've got, I've got takeover fatigue and I'm fed up of it. Just just do it. Just do it. Make us the best club in the country, in Europe, in the world, and the universe. And then go home. If nothing else with their casino plans, we might, because I don't think there's been enough of these over the last 20 years, some computer-generated images of what the West Stand is going to look like. That's really what makes you dream, isn't it? When you see yeah. a new one when of you them, see that, you front think... page of the Evening Post as well. Always front page. Arena plan for Ellen Road and that's West that, And that is where you get your lasers and your tigers and your shit. There'll, probably, there'll be a tiger enclosure by the M621. Mm. I don't doubt that. Coming up. A couple of games coming up then against relegation candidates. It all starts on Wednesday away to Fulham. They're bang out of Promotion Fulham. candidates. Oh, yes. Who said that? Me. Oh, well done. It you. was all there from... It was all there from Ross McCormack, and I didn't really look at the rest of the squad. But I knew he was good. Matthew Smith. Well, I thought we managed to finish mid-table-ish with him, and I presume the rest of their squad was better than ours. Mm. So that would probably be enough. But it turns out not. I mean, Ross McCormack, is this the predictable joke he fell in love with? I still don't get that. Just just laugh for me and then just make it sound good. This is entertainment, Moscow. Yeah, they've only won one in ten. They've lost recently 5-1 at home to Bournemouth, who we smashed 1-0. How many have they lost? Overall. Oh, oh no. How many have they won, sorry? Games. Mm. 11. Recently. 1 in 10. As they are a number on a list. Are you I'm, just... I'm determined not to let that <laughs> pass. Are you making UB40 jokes? I am making oh. UB40 jokes. I feel it's appropriate. Oh. Well, because... Uh, 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 well, uh, Ross McCormack could probably on, be on the doll soon if you believe Ken Bates' kind of logic. Mm. He's not had a very good season. Yeah. Matt Smith might help him out. I hope he doesn't turn to drink like red Drinking red, 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 red wine, wine, for example. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, Whereabouts does he live in down there? Fulham, Chelsea. It must be close to Kingston town. <laughs> that, you're, that's Hull. Is it? Yeah, <sighs> Kingston's Hull. I always get them confused. Um, anyway. Yeah. Rat in my kitchen. Yeah. Poor old... Um, that was the beat. No, that they... Did a version of it. They, they did a version of it. Fulham are really odd. They should do better. And Matthew Smith is the oddest of them all. New contract with Leeds. Number nine shirt. Went to Fulham. Then went to Bristol. 20 goals in 10 games. Now he's back to Fulham. Scoring the consolation goal in a 5-1 defeat to Bournemouth. I bet him and Eddie Howe had a nice chin back afterwards. <laughs> 
Eddie would have appreciated that goal. Talking about the Napa Valley and things like that. I know you were. I know you scored against us, Mathieu, but it's a lovely gesture that for the fans. They had a, they had a tough night losing to our boys, but I'm sure your goal sent them all home, sent them all home happy. Strange accent he's got there, Eddie Howe, from what I remember. Anyway, yeah, so what do the bullshit meisters at whoscored.com say about this? What are they good at? What are they, what are they bad at? Well, bearing in mind who plays up front for them, their, their style is to attack through the middle. That makes sense. However, their style is also short passes um, to attempt through balls often and creating chances using through balls. They are very strong at that. However, um, Mathieu, bless him for all his uh, for all his strengths, his personal strengths, not just as a footballer but as a man. Finishing chances from through balls is not really his game. Mm-hmm. Well, that may contribute to the fact that they've only scored what are they on forty eight goals this season. But also the fact that Mitch has been in Bristol for half of that won't have, won't have helped. I wonder, can they count them? Can they just now, Mitch has gone back straight into their first team? Can they just have the goals, all the goals he scored for Bristol? I can think, they just count yeah, them? I think they get them, yeah. That's cool. Um, well, does he get them? Yes, he like, does. Is he, like, top scorer in the first division now for all the goals he scored in the old third? Second yes. third. Yes, he is. Yeah, I'm de- getting, definitely. I'm, I'm getting my various eras of the, of the Ensley Football League. <laughs> Um, confused but is that right I need to look at the scorers charts and see where he is they're very weak at defending set pieces so with our excellent record from headers and the such like then we, we haven't scored from a header since uh, Billy Sharp was I was going to say since uh, Alan Peacock played up front for Leeds Clark 72 cup final with his, his Beatles cut um, but they're bad as well very weak at stopping opponents from creating chances So what was our last headed goal it was Billy Sharp at Huddersfield I think unless we've scored one since we beat Huddersfield. We've not even mentioned that. That's what it means to us. It's one of the greatest goals of the season so far. And Big, then, then I've forgotten about it, to be honest. We've had so many wins since. I've forgotten about it. Not asked. No. Don't really matter, does it, to no. us? No. But I, I suppose it was It was a shame that the um, that fella had to die for it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes, that was, a, that was a pity. I mean, that, that must have scared the, uh, the locals a little bit. Must well, it wasn't the... Uh, it wasn't the death of a footballer that scared them. It was when they attempted to save him by bringing a helicopter into the stadium and they all thought this big iron bird was attacking the town from the sky. As if losing to Leeds wasn't, was bad enough. I got the feeling, listening to the interviews after that, that Chris Powell was pleased he'd been badly injured because it meant he could talk about that instead of, instead of the fact they'd lost. He's going, I can't talk about the game, not when one of my players is dead. And he's in the background going... Feel all right now. He's good. No, just, no, just he's, a bit of a lump. No, no, he 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 has passed away, um, and we can't really discuss the football. It's well, not appropriate. Well, well, that's happened. So they do um, anything just to deny us our uh, gloating. Yeah, you did beat us, but like one of our players yeah, died. Yeah, man died. Oh, God, yeah. is that Talk what you want? Is that much money means to you? <laughs> we had every right to gloat over that game, death or no death. Um, moving on to Saturday then we've got Blackpool away if there's ever one game that we're sure if I had to bloody lose it'll be this one good it's team Blackpool <laughs> lol lol yeah. their, their, their last six doesn't make for pretty reading it it's, a dr- it's a draw then a loss 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 I actually count six losses and one draw so that's their last seven close enough unless we've just typed it wrong and really we don't care because yeah. it doesn't matter they've lost, any they've random lost sequence of, of L's and D's um, they are not to be confused with a team that I discovered in Sierra Leone called Mighty Blackpool we're not playing them we're not going to Sierra Leone although the landscape is very similar boom boom there we go 
Their whoscored.com stats are astonishing. Might be some of the best slash worst I've ever seen. They have one strength. Well, tell me what that is. Their one strength, and they are only strong at this. They are not very strong. They are strong at shooting from direct free kicks. Okay. You're thinking not, Rudy, Rudy Austin, aren't you, really? Well, this is it. It doesn't say that they're strong at scoring oh, from not, direct free kicks. That's not kicks. actually scoring. That's just twatting It's just it. that then when they get a direct free kick, they tend to shoot. Okay. That is their strength. Um, their style isn't worth talking about. They are very weak. Their weaknesses are... Blackpool and style doesn't go together, Keeping does it? possession of the ball is very weak. Avoiding fouling in dangerous areas is very weak. And defending set pieces. But So they, they can't keep hold of the ball and they can't stop fouling. Also, the if you look at the style section, this is where uh, stats are misinterpreted. One of the thing, one of something is their style. Apparently, yes. is playing in their own half. I think that means not being able to get the ball out of their own half, <laughs> which is not the same thing as having a style. No, no, we work, we work on it in training. It's what it's, it's not a system. A system of playing in our own half. It's not a system, but we play to our strengths. He's a, he's a right Jonah character, isn't he, Lee Clark? Because he's. Birmingham have seemed to have moved away from the relegation zone since he left them. Why did... Why 23rd did, to why? 24th, and he's kept them in 24th since he left Birmingham. <laughs> Whereas Birmingham have shot up to mid-table, <laughs> having, looked, having looked all but down while he was still there. I mean, there, but for the grace of God goals, because they do have a team with Niall Ranger and Andre Blackman in it. This is, this is Hockaday's Leeds United that we're playing. <laughs> This weekend, <laughs> and the only thing that has made them worse is Lee Clark. Darren O'Day, he's, he's, he's still there. Darren O'Day did a very heartrending interview about how he the situation in Ukraine just got too uh, too heavy for him to deal with. No amount of money could have kept him there. Now he's in Blackpool, and he's asking to go Probably. back to war-torn Ukraine. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. It was a bit hard to be sympathetic to O'Day in that interview because he was. He basically said that he did have off. He was in um, was he in Toronto. Yeah, and he said, "Yeah, it was he was ridiculously happy there. It was brilliant." And then they they could only offer him like hundred grand a year, so he had to leave. Yeah, he didn't have a choice. Like, I was that he was the happiest they've ever been, but nah. Yeah, and I yeah. thought I'd rather go live in a hotel in the Ukraine. This is definitely penance. I think his Blackpool career is the very definition, and possibly the Ukraine as well. But it's particularly Blackpool when it got really tough. Well, part of Blackpool's style, which again is a, a, a misinterpreting of is the... Ducking from sniper is fire. That, well, is, <laughs> it, is that they rotate their first 11, which I think means getting in loads of jobbing yeah. pros. who just to scratch to play together it. a team every yeah. week. Is that an actual attribute or is that just a thing? It's a style. Right. Is they rotate the first... But it's not... I don't think it's exactly like... Uh, you know, Ranieri used to do it at Chelsea and got a reputation and Benitez did mm. it a bit. I don't think he's doing that. I think it's now Rangers dropped off in training, so he's dropped. So we've got in some other shithead who was willing to play for free, who's still who's still unattached in March, and so he's somehow available to sign. I know it's also part of their style is playing the offside trap, but not necessarily being any good at it. So if it's just that people constantly score from through balls on the go down the attic, play the offside there's trap. Often, there's often defenders with arms in air. Yeah. So, two struggling sides. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts for these two games? We're going to lose them both. No, we can't lose to Blackpool. We are going They're to lose awful, them both. They're an awful, awful team. They're probably one of the worst clubs in the Football League. We have to bear in mind, we were talking earlier about the changing circumstances at Leeds United that led to the upturn in form. Gilino banned, Steve Thompson hired, Luke Murphy's mojo subscription renewed. <laughs> And um, what was the other one? Oh, Sol Bamba signing and not forgetting Edgar Charney. 
what we've all, we've neglected to mention is that during that good form, we haven't recorded any podcasts. Mm. And I don't normally like to draw those links. However, some of our dear, dear listeners The Blackpool have, podcast have been going well. <laughs> some of our dear, dear listeners have amongst their requests for us to return, which have been borderline harassment at times, but overall appreciated. Others have pointed out um, that it might be best that we stay away mm. um, rather than risk exposing ourselves as um, the curse that was lifted and now with the very words I am speaking into this microphone that are hopefully being recorded in that laptop over there, bringing that curse back down upon us again. So if we lose both these, basically, you can blame Dan Moylan and Michael Normanton, because I will have quit. <laughs> and all of the equipment that we've purchased to record this one podcast is going to throw in the bin. Well, it will, it will have to be, because it's clearly full of witches. The Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. This is the fortnightly award and sometimes quarterly award that we uh, we hand to somebody who has most contributed to our ongoing state of perpetual misery as Leeds fans, um, and rightly uh, named in the honour of one of football's real folk heroes, Kenneth Bates. Okay, first nomination, as is customary, is for Ken Bates. For what? It's been a long time since we recorded our last podcast. Christmas has been and gone, and I do not recall him taking any presents to any orphanages or in fact bringing any pleasure to any persons in the world apart from Michael who... And Susanna? Mm, apart from Michael <laughs> who, after one evening in his box, is now his bezzy mate and biggest fan for I think he's a good BFF. guy. I'm, I'm nominating him actually, yeah, for corrupting Michael. This, yes, that's his nomination. He's, he's the latest victim. You used to be such a nice young man. You've been in here off-air. It's been like sitting in a UKIP propaganda meeting with... <laughs> being run by Joseph Stalin. That's what I've been hearing off camera. You, you're still able to switch it on when the mic's I'm holding on. it together, but yeah, there's a lot of hatred. <laughs> to spill out. I can hear it seeping out your yeah, 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 yeah. And that beard doesn't suit you. I don't know who's telling you that it does. I've not got a beard. It's and a this bit new, scruffy. This new white wig that you're wearing. <laughs> not impressed at all. I see, I see. There's a... Somebody out there doing the Otley Run, missing a Smurf costume. <laughs> Who else do you want to nominate then? Michael. Oh, what? For allowing himself to be corrupted Absol by Ken Bates. Absolutely correct. Accepting his filthy lucre. Come on. It's, we might as well get something back. Otherwise, if I didn't take it, that prize, actual Radio Yorkshire listeners would have taken it. No, they wouldn't. They would. They don't exist. Yeah, but eventually they would. It'll be the same. When my mate from work went in there, there was this uh, couple... Bear in mind, you win one ticket. There was a couple in there who were on about their fourth visit or something. <laughs> so they just clearly both enter and win every week. They are Radio Yorkshire listeners because they were apparently talking about the racing coverage on there. Was it good? Or were they complaining like Billy O about it? <laughs> we, we're the only people who listen to this damn radio station. You can't even get the names of the horses right. <laughs> well, he apparently said, they right and said there was a bit of awkwardness in there when there was some discussion of the programming on there, and it turned out that basically none of them actually ever listened to it. <laughs> and it entered a competition they'd heard about on Twitter, or because I'd told them... Or on the square ball podcast. Yeah, because yeah. I'd told them that you might as well get a free ticket. <laughs> it's hard, because I don't really want to encourage people to... It makes your chances of winning more difficult. Ken Bates, mm. either... That's the other thing, because he does... He has technically had, like, two pounds off me for entering that competition. Well, you bought a 20-year season ticket, though. I suppose that, not, I you did didn't that, buy it from him. I did that purely to spite him as well, because it meant <laughs> he wouldn't get any money. So now he has got those two quid. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not going to derive any pleasure from them. 
suppose not. He's not, he's not enjoyed the rest and of the And I don't derive any pleasure from your company anymore, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Who else do you want to nominate? Anyone related to the football? Steve Morrison, bloody hell for that shot against Forrest. And for just everything. Oh. For his attempt at playing on the right wing. Uh, poor, that poor unicorn. I'm not surprised his wife's getting miffed. If she'd had the indignity of watching Steve Morrison attempt to play on the wing. <laughs> has there ever been someone who has got no, no tricks, no pace, no eye for goal, he can't cross, right wing, perfect for him? Do we blame him or do we blame Redders? Is there a Redders nomination in here Ooh, somewhere? Oh, guys, a sacred cow is Redders. Because to be, I mean, if you do break it down, what's what's been the curse of Leeds United in recent years? Square pegs in round holes. We've got Steve Morrison on the right wing. We've got Charlie Taylor playing left wing. We've got Scott Wooten at right back. We've got Gitano Berardi in the team. What next? I ask you. I ask you. Redders, we would never. Redders, have, you've you've sold it. Redders we'd on never the list. have let Warnock get away with this. Crikey. Redders on the list, but I don't think you need worry because the next nomination <laughs> is for Luke Varney for ruining another football match. At least when Neil Redfern is doing his best with his lineups to ruin our football club and our entertainment, but failing, Varney. Well, ruining a game with Luke Varney is too easy. At least it shows a bit of creativity to put Steve Morrison on the way. <laughs> You're saying that Mick just. Didn't put any thought into that. He just that. thought, I want to ruin this game. Luke, Luke, Luke you're starting. And he generally did. He genuinely did, didn't he? It was, he, he set out to ruin that football match. 70 he, minutes of that match were one of the dreariest games I've sat through this season. And then Luke Varney got substituted off. And suddenly it was brilliant. Goals, penalties. It was just a penalty saved. And we won. It was incredible. Thrill a minute for 20 minutes. Yeah. And just the only thing that Luke Varney did of note was put... Um, he did head the ball into the net, was given offside, and he just started a prepared celebration. He was about to lift his shirt to reveal some kind of childishly scrawled slogan across his ugly pigeon chest. Ugly pigeon chest. Um, but we'll never know now what that said. Probably he didn't know either. Probably somebody had to write it for him. Crayon. Oh, yeah. shit. That would have been a hell of a prepared routine <laughs> if he lifted up What's his shirt. smell, lads, in the had, tunnel? Had a, <laughs> Sorry, that's me, lads. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time he's been stinking the place out. Hey. Um, Who else we nominating? Andrew Wombers. Ooh, what, what's he done? For his... Um, for daring to be there. Well, yeah, for one, I think if we're going to be taken over, we need to get a vote in for him while he is still here. And also, but particularly for that, um, we can't sign anybody because it will upset the equilibrium of the team spirit of the squad because they're all busy mates and like... Fair enough, But, yeah. I mean, if we were that worried about the preserving the equilibrium of the team spirit of the squad Matthew Smith would still be making Luke Murphy's pack lunches for all I know he still is and maybe that's something that needs to be preserved mm. yeah. but Umbers, I didn't buy it for a second Umbers as well he looks and sounds like an untrustworthy man <laughs> as far as I'm concerned I really what did you say there Michael sorry <laughs> Michael that was Michael by the way I don't ever want to sit I don't ever want to be at a trial <laughs> where you are on the jury <laughs> Well, we've listened to all the evidence and it seems it seems fairly clear from everything that we've no, heard that no, Moscow right. didn't wants... do any of these crimes <laughs> which he's committed. But he looks shifty. If we want evidence... I'm, I'm not, I won't be shifted. It's a combination of, what, of how he looks, which is a bit like Silvio Berlusconi in a weird... Gravedigger kind of way. <laughs> His hair's not that colour. Mm. That's all I'm saying. And he looks a bit oddly polished and pleased with himself. But... Bear in mind, he sold us to GFH, mm. and then he sold us. He sold, which I feel sorry for Massimo on this front. He sold us to Massimo. He's not trustworthy. No, 
the Even th- though he wanted to, he thought GFH would build beautifully on the legacy of Ken Bates or whatever. The he thing said, which actually the, turned uh, out not to be untrue. The thing that he said about <laughs> there not being any loan signings, it was a very quick exposure to the fact that he does think that all the fans are idiots. It takes a while with most people. Like Chilino, for a long time, he's giving us a lot of credit. Like, hey, the fans, I love them, they love the club, the reason they come here. And then it's gradually become more and more apparent that to a certain extent he sees us as just like a, you know, you can toss us a bone every now and then and we'll go and clap. If you toss bones to clapping things, seals, they clap. Do they eat bones? It Fish. doesn't matter. I get you. Yeah, yeah. Sardines. And um, Umbers with that, though, just demonstrated that he has absolutely no respect for our opinions whatsoever and thinks we'll buy any old flannel. Oh, yeah, we won't. We Redfern might be giving me lift, list after list of players that will improve the team, but we don't want to improve the team. We want the team to be friends. Fuck off. I don't care. But it's friends. people who reckon they're in bands that could have been signed, but they didn't want to get into all that oh, music well, business. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they, I was offered, like, big deals by the, all the big record companies are after me, but do you know what? I was like, do you know what, man? That's not, that's not what I'm It'll about. It'll change me. It'll, I don't want to change That's not what I'm about. I just want to play my music. On a similar note, we need to nominate Matt Child. Oh, what's he done? Nothing. But while he's Is he here. still there? Yeah. Yeah, apparently. He did an interview, didn't he? One, maybe. He sounded nice. I've, I've spoken to him. He seems all right. Yeah, he seems better than numbers. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, he's nominated. But we're going to nominate him just before he gets away. If, if Genting are going to come in and play this out. sacking siren? Oh God, yeah. Well, has he been sacked? Well, no, but... Chilino, someone was technically has. Who, who's Go, been sacked? Chilino. Someone's been sacked. Chilino. Sacked by the Football League, who have no authority to do it. I mean, imagine somebody with no authority to sack your, um, your boss, just floating in from foreign climes, Preston, as far as I'm concerned, is foreign, and just sacking him. We rang a sacking siren for that once, I seem to remember. We can ring it again. We're like Nicki Minaj. On the sacking siren, I've remembered something else that's happened. Gwyn Williams. Ah. The dirty dog. Rightfully dismissed. Yeah. The pervert. Sending pictures of his own erect penis to her (laughs) employee. No, he didn't. He did send some pornographic image, though, didn't he, to someone? Mm. Yeah. And that's the reason we concocted to sack him. It was Dennis Wise, (laughs) Gus Poyer, and the receptionist. So there's a joke about Dennis Wise being an erect penis, then. Um, No, he was a recipient, not the the subject. (laughs) And also, um, Ken Bates has been, um, now didn't only criminally harass. Melvin Levi, but oh, also uh, well. Mrs. Caroline Levi. As oh well. yeah, well, that's that can be Ken's proper nomination, can't it? Seems we were flannelling around it. Oh, I think just simply breathing is absolutely <laughs> fair grounds for nominating Ken, um, and also for his effect on Michael. You care more about Mrs. Levi than you do about Michael Normanson. This is terrible. Um, However, yes, that is also it, we lose track. I mean, um, what about all the winding up orders that we haven't even mentioned? Can we just can we nominate the entire concept of a winding up petition? Because the Leeds United are beset with them from all angles. And if they didn't exist, maybe the club wouldn't have an excuse for not paying its bills and would just be like, hey, just wind us up, see if we get... Oh, you, you, you actually winding us up. They would just pay the bills in time if there wasn't that mechanism. If you see it's temptation, it's like, it's like giving, putting sweets within reach of a diabetic child. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think at this point we should pull the threads together and give, give this some water out. <laughs> So we've got Ken Bates nominated for a whole multitude of sins. Michael for sucking Ken's radio station. Yes. Uh, Luke Varney for ruining everything. Steve Mor- for his shit-covered vest. Steve Morrison, Andrew Umbers, Matt Child. Um, who's having Winding it? Winding up petitions. Winding up. Who's having it? 
Uh, yeah, Varney. Varney. It's probably the last we'll see of him because I don't. I mean, who's going to sign him next season? Even Mick Mack only bought him, uh, signed him because Noel Hunt got injured. That's how far down the pecking order he was. He can't get in the team at Blackburn. Who is going to Blackpool? Did you say? Yeah, he's been there before, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he did. Returning right. hero. I bet even they, even with all the shit players they've got, they'll probably still be. Oh no, not him! <laughs> oh, can't we get Rahubka back? Any other business? Mention of Rahubka there. Oh, we did enjoy his um, appearance for Crew. Did he come on as substitute in that game? It was his de- I'm not sure if he came on. It was certainly his debut. Punched the ball into his own net. Yeah. Brilliant. Don't got, ever change. Got all confused. Good work. He, he went for a cross, didn't he? And he was, then he stood up again. He didn't know which way he was yeah. facing. <laughs> and then he did a... P- pathetic to see. He did this kind of raising his right arm gesture after it had happened as if to go, ah, this... <sighs> what are you going to do? He was, gonna, he was hope, looking for someone else to blame. And like, then he oh, remembered, you, oh yeah, you got, you got in my way, or, but then he was stood in a bit of space and he just, ah, ah, ah it's ah. happened again, lads. <laughs> Sorry. Um, on to any other business then, and we will have a copy of John Howe's book about Ellen Road to give mm-hmm. away in the next podcast uh, once we've got hold of that, and we will give it away to one lucky listener. Once we've devised them. Is it a quid to enter? No, it's not. It'll be totally free. Why isn't it a quid to enter? We'd make more money than Ken does. Uh, but yeah, so listen out for that next Ken's time. Ken's making, think about it, that competition, Ken is making a maximum of £10 per week. £10 per week. Come, and people say he's a good businessman. It only costs him more to run the phone line. And buy the bar bill as well. Yeah, that's the point. No, Michael went in there, you know what he's like. I tried. I tried. I was trying to reclaim eight years of... Having money squirrelled away. You were going to steal that East Stand money back, weren't you? I tried, but do we just... <sighs> you should have t- taken fixtures and fittings to the value of one Fabian you know Delph. Would, but those boxes are so sparse, there's nothing in them. It's like, a, it's like they've done the bare minimum. They've just got right at the table. I think we can call it quits. <laughs> no chairs. <laughs> oh, there's chairs, there's chairs. Uh, Magazine-wise, we're on to uh, eight of ten, aren't we, this season? Yes. And, and a fine organ it is. Uh, I recommend... Spending a quid on the PDF, at least, um, for not just the cover, but also for Keith Brindle's story about going... His wife sounds excellent, to be honest. She sounds like fun, but I can imagine it was less fun with her in the Millwall end. The bit I liked about quiet. that, we got a tweet about that today, which I passed on to Keith, and it was... Uh, the story itself is about being in the Millwall home end, isn't it, mm. as a Leeds fan? Um, and I think it's a great tale that somebody says, we've all had one of those moments where you turn around to your missus and say... Uh, it's not you they're going to fill in, it'll be me, kind yeah. of thing, which made me chortle a lot like that. There's all sorts of good stuff in it, and it's a pound, so just buy it. We've come back quite thuggishly <laughs> uh, about <laughs> sales techniques now. You don't want to know what's in it, buy well, it. What I will say is there, we've got a couple of new illustrators as well, and the cover is magical, and some of the pictures inside are glorious as well. Yeah. So, uh, the have Billy Sharp against Huddersfield Field of One is a particularly... Lovely piece of work by Chris Moran. Mm. So have a look at that then, thesquareball.net, click on the shop bit and you can get issue eight there. And that just about wraps it up, I think, this time. Over and in a flash. Um, Podcast at thesquareball.net, that's our email address. You can tweet at thesquareball. You can find us on Facebook as well. We're on Instagram as well these days, which is quite fancy and exciting, isn't it? Very modern. Selfies, the old selfies of Moscow in his pants. Doing the the Gwyn selfies, yeah. Um, well, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks very much for listening. Um, from me and from Michael. Goodbye. And Moscow. Bye-bye. Fingers crossed Oddie turns up at some point soon and we'll uh, speak to you again in a fortnight or thereabouts. Thereabouts. <laughs> About six months. <laughs> See you soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.